It's January 6th, and the Swim Bros are back with episode 15 of the podcast. Welcome back, all you guys, after some long holiday training trips. If you're in high school, you're just finishing up and getting back to the high school class grind. If you're in college, you're probably still in the thick of things, really kind of wrapping up your training trip, maybe starting classes next week. And if you're a retired swimmer like myself, you're just trying to get rid of the 10 extra pounds that you gained over the holiday season. So that's where I'm at. Grant, how are you doing right now? I'm doing pretty well. We just got back to school on the 3rd of January, but we got off on December 18th. So we got a pretty good extended break. I think it was a little bit longer than years past, but we got some good Christmas training in and got kind of reset mentally with academics to finish my final semester of school. And uh, it was a lot of good family time. So uh, the the nog life didn't treat you. The eggnog life didn't treat you right. A lot of eggnog this break for me. Maybe a little too much. A lot of sweets. Now that I'm working in the office every day, you know, a lot of your coworkers tend to bring in the cookies and the whatnots for Christmas. And it's very hard to resist the temptation. Classic holiday festivities. Yes, yes. I did gain a, a bit of weight. But we're going to get back in the pool. We're going to remedy that situation. It's bulk season. It's, it's bulk season anyways. <laughs> it, is, it is indeed. So, Grant, tell us a little bit more about your Christmas training. Uh, every listener to this podcast has probably either been through one or been the parent of a swimmer that's been through one. For some programs, it's a very difficult couple weeks of training. Some coaches take a little different outlook to things and just kind of use it as a time to refine and sharpen and maybe a little bit more water time, a little bit more time to focus for swimmers without school. What's kind of your outlook? How do you approach it? And how was your individual Christmas break? Well, my overall outlook on it is I kind of get really excited for it because it's just a time you can step away from extra stressors in your life like school and academic side of things like the tests that come up or the exams we had before the break. And so that kind of takes a little bit out of you more than you more than anyone thinks, I I believe. And so it's just kind of a time to get to grind and really just focus on swimming aspect of things. And so I, I really look forward to that because a lot of improvements I feel are made in this time frame. And I feel like a lot of mental and physical gains can be made during this because it is a bulk of the, a bulk training period of for the rest of the season, short course, especially to set yourself up for the remainder of the season and, and how it, how it goes about. And, and if you don't do well, it's not going to ruin anything. But it's definitely a chance for yourself and for your teammates to improve immensely. So this year we went two weeks. We did 20 practices in the water, and that doesn't include extra lifts we had after and before practices. But it was overall a really great, great Christmas training. I think it was put together the best it ever has been with St. X, with uh, Coach Bierman and Coach Brower really coming together on a lot of things. And we had a lot of coaches elsewhere come in like in the college realm some former college athletes who are now retired they came in lent their words of wisdom and it was overall just a really well structured christmas break and do you think the harder part of christmas training is the mental aspect or the physical aspect i think leading into it is very daunting for a lot of people it's kind of maybe a little scary especially like a freshman coming into saint x and such a renowned program but it's definitely daunting i would say for most individuals and just kind of getting over the getting over the hump of looking at it as the whole like two weeks and maybe just taking it at one day at a time, one practice at a time for me helps a lot more rather than looking at it as one giant monster. So it's become a lot easier for you over your course of your high school career. Yeah. Mentally going into it physically, it gets more and more demanding each year. And obviously that has its own plays its own tricks on your mind, but overall, yeah, just kind of, I know it's, I know it's coming. I know it's not going to be any walk in the park, but I also know how much benefit it can and can give me. 
Yeah, it can be a difficult time, especially if you don't know what to expect. Uh, I know one of my very first Christmas trips in uh, college, I lost about 15 pounds over the course of two and a half weeks just because I wasn't consuming enough calories. It was more work than I'd ever really been through in my swimming career. And uh, kind of that was kind of the end of my season as far as trying to recover from that. So it's a really delicate balance. You guys have to remember that you know, for high schoolers, you're really only looking at about 50 days, maybe even less until your big meet, uh, be it districts, regionals, or state. And for college programs, they're even under that for their conference meets. At this point, they're around 40 days and probably just a bit over 50 for their NCAA championships. So it's really a time when the coach has to find the balance of getting that hard, good work in, getting the swimmers ready to start to think about the taper but you can't do too much to the point where you really just, you know, drain the tank and the swimmers just really can't recover from the amount of work they've done there. Yeah, like last year, for example, we we did a set tonight that we did last year and uh, I I pulled and pretty much threw out a, a muscle in, in my back and it derailed me for about three days. And, and this year I'm, I'm, I haven't had any setbacks injury wise. So. Yeah, and that's the danger. And really as an athlete, it's important when you have this extra time and no classes to take advantage of it and get the extra rest in. Sometimes it's hard during the holiday season with all the family events and whatnot that you have to attend, but you really got to try to focus on swimming, use the time to get your sleep and naps during the day, get the adequate nutrition that you need, and, and really put in the work because it'll pay off down the road. Yeah, and uh, I, have a, I have a question for you. You, you referenced your, your freshman year, and obviously um, I, I would think, as our listeners might have gathered at this point, you were, when you were swimming and still are much more of a kind of fast twitch sprinter oriented athlete and i'm i'm i can uh i'm not exactly of drop dead sprinter like you were and i can i kind of go from middle distance onward so as a sprinter what is it like going through kind of a, a christmas training where the volume notoriously increases immensely but also you have to keep in mind like for sprinters like yourself as a, as a coach how, how how would that balance go or how did it go for you yeah, I think everything we talked about regarding recovery is is magnified, you know, 10 times for the sprinters. Just the volume that you take on, you know, some sprinters handle that differently than others. Uh, I don't think the volume is the issue as much as if you're really getting after the intensity day in and day out. If you're doing power towers, if you're doing weights, that takes a big toll on the central nervous system. And for, you know, guys like myself, guys with those fast twitch muscle fibers, I think it is imperative that they absolutely get the rest they need. Coaches have to build in some some recovery days and some off days where as they might not need to for the middle distance and distance guys like yourself that can take a bit more of a beating. And, you know, I don't like to admit it, but I'd say the sprinters need a little bit more of a mental break too. Some sprinters tend to be mental midgets. I'm not going to include myself in that, but we're just... You know, a lot of us just don't like to handle those big workloads and it becomes a real a real grind mentally as well as physically to try to keep up with the, the ins and outs of the doubles each day and the weights on top of it and everything. And you're probably laughing right now, but that, that's the that's the truth. I mean, it's a delicate breed for sure, but that, that's why we we all love the sprinters and that's why they're. They're the most entertaining to watch because they can uh, pop out at any moment. You know what? If you've ever seen a cheetah in the wild... Big cat lifestyle? Do you see them warm up before they catch their prey? No. No. They're always ready, just like me. Always, always ready. ready. Uh, one one aspect of Christmas training that I don't think we touched on, and in my opinion, this may be the most important aspect from a team perspective. This is a period where you're going to spend a lot of time with your teammates, and, and it can really 
kind of make or break a team as far as if you come together, unite, embrace, embrace, kind of embrace the suck, if, if you will. And everybody kind of bonds over how hard or how difficult the Christmas training schedule and practices may be. It can really bring a team together and unite them in the, in the final run leading up to the championship meet. Uh, would you agree that that's one of the most important aspects of the Christmas training? Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And, and kind of as a team this year, more or less, um, I think, I think everyone kind of agreed into it. We, we kind of coined the term the void where we would just kind of at the start of the Christmas training, we knew we would get, be getting hammered, just like I re- referenced before, you know what's coming. But I think we all could just kind of agreed that if we give it our all, we'll have benefits at the end of the season. So we kind of just went with the, the term or phrase of throwing ourselves into the void where we knew it wouldn't be pretty going in. We didn't know maybe where we were at during it and while we were in it. But we know when we came out on the other side that things would be a lot brighter and a lot better. And that makes training camp so much easier if you can really get guys that understand, you know, why you're doing it and the benefits of doing it and keep a positive attitude throughout. It just makes it so much easier for the coaches and the swimmers alike. Yeah, definitely. It makes the things in life a lot easier when no one's butting heads and when things can go a lot smoother. And of course, you know, there are going to be moments during the Christmas training trip if your coaches are doing their job where you're going to, you know, feel like you're being placed under too much stress and kind of too much, too much is being demanded of you. Did you have any moments like that, uh, during your Christmas training? Um, not physically, but there was one day kind of in the last fleeting, fleeting days of Christmas training. It was the last Wednesday where kind of mental fatigue set in, didn't get to bed on time like I wanted to the night before, was up coughing. And the next morning I, I just really wasn't having it anyway. They, they were cutting it. So I got out of the distance group. That was good for about a, 30 minute span then the middle distance group kind of started getting on my nerves and then it just kind of went downhill from there and I really brought it upon myself and unfortunately kind of let it out in in different ways that I that I'm more mature and shouldn't have let it out in the way I did but fortunately I was able to rebound by the afternoon we had a we had a swim meet that afternoon and it was a lot better then and and then the next day I was able to kind of refresh we didn't have morning practice the next day so kind of a mental break, physical recovery for sure, getting to sleep in until 12 and, and going about the day kind of leisurely until practice. So it was able to rebound, but definitely there was a, a moment of kind of mental fatigue that, that in there. And now that we are on the topic of meat, there was a meet we had during the Christmas training. It was at the start of the second week, St. Xavier's alumni meet. Yes. Yes, a uh, tradition unlike any other for the Swim Bros. Indeed. You have been competing in this meet now for four years, and I've been lucky enough to swim alongside you thanks to the generosity of your coaches and the program as a whole. Uh, even though I am not fortunate enough to be a St. X alum, they have invited me to do the grudge match race each year. This was our fourth year competing against each other. It's become kind of a house family tradition and a lot of fun. So uh, first year, I believe you dusted me. Um, butterfly it was 50 fly believe it or not it was my first year out of college and probably the worst shape that i was in for the last four years i think i just needed that long break it was, happens uh, it's a long grind you know from, what from it was a good from start solid to 23 years of swimming for me so i took that year off and then i you know you lit the fire under me you motivated me i came back strong in the in the second and third years and got the wins both backstroke uh one was backstroke one was fly, fly again yes we did we did a repeat fly and then uh, this was the fourth matchup this year, and we decided to split the difference, kind of make it a even match. We did my best stroke and your best stroke, so we did a 25 fly, 25 free, 
And it it lived up to the expectations. I All think. the hype was 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 uh, answered. I think you know people have come to expect to see this race, and it's been a fun sort of uh, event that everybody kind of enjoys. And, and this year was no exception. Uh, we did the race and ended up. It was it was really you had to look to the scoreboard in order to yeah. to see the winner. Uh, but you did edge me out, so congratulations. I will I will give it to you. I believe you were. A twenty-two six or something six like four, and you were like a twenty-two seven like one. Yeah, it was so. within I think fifteen one hundred. So a very close race, uh, well fought battle. You got the last laugh on me. Finished your high school career with uh, with a bang. Well, your high school alumni career, yeah. I guess I should say. Coming out fifty fifty on that one, so bad in five hundred. There you but. go. Well, the the good news is the last time you beat me in an alumni race, you went on to have an amazing state meet. So if it's if there's any sort of omen there, I think there's a correlation. In, I think there's a correlation. Some, some good stuff, but uh, it's it's always fun to to get to do that. I really appreciated being part of that for the last four years, and and I'm sure you've enjoyed getting to see all the Saint X alumni come back and participate. And I'm sure you're looking forward to hopefully doing that yourself in the coming years. Yeah, it's definitely unique seeing everyone come back, and you kind of get to storytell a little bit, go out to guys with dinner maybe afterwards, but it's it's really a neat tradition, and you get to see all the connections you've made and see where people are at in their lives. Good stuff. Uh, before we get into our segments, You Like That and Hot Takes, I did want to back it up a little bit. We talked a little bit about how during a Christmas training trip, it's pretty common for a swimmer to just become overwhelmed at some point. You know, if you're really putting in the work, I think that's kind of expected. And and we talked about this a little bit off the air, but one of the best kind of pieces of advice or revelations that I got during my time in college was from Coach Dugdale at Queens. And I was a swimmer that wore my motions on my sleeve when I was tired. I think the coaches definitely knew it. Probably everybody in the pool knew it because uh, I was just, you know, that was... Whether I wanted to or not, it was just very visible and very easy to see when I was frustrated or upset or, you know, not swimming as well as I wanted to. And I had a meeting with Coach Dugdale once and he told me that really it's the coach's job to push you all the way to that edge. And when you start to see those signs, it's the coach's job to bring you back. And then you repeat that process over and over. And, you know, through that process, that's how you become a better swimmer. It's it's the coach realizing where your breaking point is, uh, pushing you all the way to that point, and then bringing you back before you go over the edge. So if you find yourself in a similar position to the position that Grant mentioned, where he was just kind of fed up with it for a, you know, a certain practice, things just weren't going his way, you know, try not to cause an outburst, but realize that's that's what the whole point of the Christmas training is. And think of it from the coach's perspective as well, you know, and hopefully the coach is perceptive enough to to see those signs and and help you recover. And I know in your situation, that's certainly what happened. Yeah, I was guys... a, yeah immediately. I mean, they came up after practice, asked like, "What's going on, Grant? What's what's the issue? What's the matter here?" And I was I was coherent enough, like with my faculties and, and like just what was going on, to realize that I what I had done was pretty much unacceptable. And um, but also, I, I feel like having if that had happened in earlier years, it would have been much more significant. And fortunately, from like tutelage from you and my parents and seeing others and talking with other coaches, I was kind of able to at least not completely melt down. But um, it was definitely kind of like you said, wearing the emotions on the sleeves. Right. And and I just thought it was important to come back to that and let other swimmers hear that message because it really was a, a big turning point in my career. And I hope it's the same effect for you. You know, just always keep in mind the coach is there to make you faster. They're not trying to beat you down and they don't want to push you over the edge. Uh, but those moments are going to happen and, and that's okay. That's, uh, that's okay. Try to keep them to a minimum, but 
just know it means you're putting in the work, you're getting the job done, and and uh, that's how you get faster. So yeah, and and we we talked about the volume, how it in- increases, but I was actually um, in contact with a friend of mine who said that they actually got the first week of their break off of Christmas training, which was at first very bizarre and un- completely unheard of to me as as to why a coach would waste an entire week of training to just let their swimmers take off. And it just seemed like such a waste of time to me. And I was almost laughing about it until I talked to you. And I want to have your thoughts about that heard on the air because I felt like they were very informative and kind of very a different perspective on, on that as such. Yeah, well, I've never heard of having a whole week off. That is uh, pretty unusual. And I, I do think that that's valuable time when you're out of school to be able to put in some good work. Uh, you know, a lot of colleges will send their swimmers home for Christmas. And I think a lot of college swimmers tend to build in their own break during that time. Yes. Uh, some, some of course, go home and, and grind it out and hit the weights and, you know, do everything that they're supposed to. And that works out well for some. And I think for others, I think the college coaches almost expect that you're going to take that time off. So I feel like that's that approach is more of a, a collegiate approach to kind of give yourself a little bit of time off. A full week is a lot. I do think that as a whole, programs tend to stress the intensity and volume of the Christmas training more than it should be stressed. I, I do think it just needs to be viewed as a time to... Certainly put in some good work, but really focus on the details, really come together as a team. Not a time to crush your swimmers if, if, you know, from a coaching perspective. I, I don't think that accomplishes much. I know the teams that I've been on that have had the most success and individually when I've had the most success, it's when the Christmas training camp was effective, not brutal, but, um, effective in the sense that you really came away feeling like you were a better swimmer, not that you were a broken swimmer. So that would be my reflection and my reaction on that. Again, the week, the week off entirely is a little extreme to me. But asinine. Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but certainly, certainly, um, unique. And, and I do think that in general, less can be more when it comes to uh, perceptions around Christmas training. All right. Good stuff. Yes. So without further, Adieu on to our fan favorite topics. You like that? And hot takes. Oh, we should actually do a quick RIP for Kirk Cousins, who is mm. out of the playoffs mm, after yes. an abysmal performance. Kirk, we did not like that. I imagine you did not, did not like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, we will keep your, your slogan go, living on through our podcast, but... You know, this this might be actually a good week to to enter in the ooh wee segment because that was a real stinker that he ooh laid. Wee. <laughs> ooh wee! Ooh wee! Okay, without further ado, you like that? 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 So my you like that uh, comes from uh, my future. Recently, Arizona State was just put on the list of number one and number two for men's and women's most improved percentages of their swimmers they have in the country in a collegeswimming.com poll. And uh, that was very exciting for me to see as a future swimmer there. It's neat to see that they're taking their swimmers and heavily increasing what they're what they're able to perform at. And so that's obviously great to see. And I think it's awesome to get their name out there for the rest of the country to see that they're definitely putting in the work and getting the results. 
That's got to feel good. It's got to be some good validation as an incoming freshman to know that that both programs, men and women, are improving at such a rapid rate. You know, I know we see it because we're following closely, but I think finally the rest of the nation is taking notice. This is a really fun time to kind of look at all those rankings and all the midseason reports because there's not a lot of meets going on. You know, a lot of teams are just focusing on training. And it was really cool to see that improvement curve that, you know, Coach Bowman is is leading the Sun Devils too, and, and I can't wait for you to be a part of it. But that's that's really neat stuff. I think that's one of your best You Like That's yet. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So good stuff. My You Like That is actually regarding the recent news that Tyler Clary is accepting a high school coaching position with Hotchkiss High School in Connecticut. Uh, interesting move for an Olympic swimmer to take a high school coaching position with not one of the more renowned high school groups in the nation, uh, certainly a respected high school swimming group, but not not something to the caliber of St. X, if you will. But he will be up there. Apparently, it is very near one of the best road racing sites in America. And one of his passions, as we know, is car racing. So he will be you know, pursuing his dream while also leading some high school men to hopefully some improvement in the pool. So very cool for him to, to follow his dreams like that and just up and move and, and uh, you know, wish him the best of luck up there. Yeah, that's that's neat. That's neat for him to kind of step into that role. Um, I want to say it was Aaron Pearsall who is at the Austin Swim Club now, and he's doing phenomenal there. So hopefully similar results. But at the high school level, obviously. Yeah, it's hard. Once you dedicate your whole life to a sport the way that those guys have, it's really hard to to step back and just be yeah. completely done with it. So it's not surprising when they get back involved, but it's always cool to see them give back to the younger swimmers. Definitely. definitely. And uh, now on to hot takes. All right, Graham, my hot take for this week is actually going back to the training that we talked about, the Christmas training. My hot take is that College training trips are overrated. Wow. Yes. I experienced a few training trips during my time. Uh, when I was at Purdue, we went to Fort Lauderdale. When I was at Queens and Charlotte, we went to Greensboro, North Carolina. Wow. Which, yeah, usually when you take a training trip, it's getting to the warmer climates. Uh, for us, we just had to have a, ch- a change of scenery, get out of the dorms, and you know, experience a new pool. I think there are some benefits to training trips. However, my hot take is that they're far overrated. I don't think that you gain much uh, by going to a new pool in a new setting. I think it's an inconvenience for the swimmers and the team. Personally, I always felt that I had better training camps when I was able to sleep in my own bed, you know, swim in my own pool. It just made everything more convenient. It made hanging out with your teammates a little easier, just being in that familiar environment. You get maybe some extra time at home during the break, uh, instead of rushing out to you know Florida or Hawaii or wherever wherever the training trip seems to go, and I've always just thought it was kind of a a monumental waste of of collegiate funds that could be better used elsewhere. You know, for meals during the championship season, or maybe better hotel rooms or cooler gear. I just never fully understood the training trip, and and really the benefits in my mind do not outweigh the negative aspects of it. So. My hot take is that training trips are overrated. Agree or disagree? I overall, as I've gone through the kind of the recruiting process, I I definitely have to say from talking to so many coaches that it is overrated. I I think kind of the nostalgia of it is comes from I'm going to Hawaii, I'm going to Boca Raton, I'm going to the Pacific Coast, something something like that where it's very exotic. Maybe they've never been to before. 
Um, but they're still getting their butts kicked and, uh, they're getting their butts kicked away from home and kind of out of their own scenery might not have the food they like there. Maybe it's, it's not in the U S even really kind of a culture shock there. And I, I agree the familiarity you're able, you're more comfortable in your own scenery. And also from a coach's perspective, what they were telling me is it doesn't waste a day of travel. It doesn't get anyone. Uh, there's no like worry of travel sickness, and you're not wasting more time away from what the coach's idea of it is. And they can just kind of centralize everything and they have more control over their environment than maybe running out of pool. And if something happens with that home team, they kind of get the, they get the leeway. Whereas if you're staying at like a, like an AS, ASU stays at their home pool, they're going to get full control over it. But if they go somewhere and like the, in another area, then they might not have first dibs. That's a, that's a great, another point that I didn't mention is sharing the pool. I know for one of my training trips, we had the eight to 10 PM slot for our training times. And that was just kind of miserable. You know, what's the point of training outside if it's pitch black and getting cold. So yeah, I think in general, they're overrated. I think that for a lot of programs, they're kind of a recruiting ploy. You know, if you come here, you get to go to, X location in the winter. And it sounds like from your time recruiting, that's kind of a dying trend. The whole, the whole training camp thing is sort of a dying breed. It, it seems as if it is with the top tier level schools. Um, I think a lot of the kind of like the lower echelon ones, more, I think more division two, division three schools may participate in it. Some of the non like, pa- like power five conference division one schools may still go on it. And, um, and that's to, to each his own, um, yeah. a kind of perspective. On well, that. most of these facilities in the big, in the big time schools, I mean, where are you going to go yeah, to get, to eight, get a better world location, class facilities? So. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, great. I'm glad we agree on my hot take. What is your hot take? This my week? hot take would have to be not getting a snow day specifically today. Our principal is coined the name snow day and just doesn't come up freshman year. He was great. Sophomore year, he was great. There's a little fall off, but he he was great. He was giving us snow days left and right. I think we almost, I think we got a whole week off once. It was, it was just absurd. But last year, I think he kind of got some 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 slack for it from some other other teachers, maybe being too gentle with the kids. And and then this year, he's just laying down the law, just no remorse. And while it wasn't, I can understand him sending sending the students to school today. Got to get that education. Um, but I mean, when you have all the entire Cincinnati public area call off, schools on the same road call off, it just it just makes you makes you say hmm. You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, he is saving these snow days for maybe the week before high school state. Who knows? Trying to just build in that extra taper rest for maybe. the swim team. That's what I'm going to cross my fingers for. I, yeah, I mean, you, you never know with Snow Day. He's he's a wild card, but he's he's a good guy, and uh, he definitely knows uh, knows how to handle the students. Well, that certainly is one of the perks of the cold weather in the Midwest. One of the only perks, really, is a snow day. So I only wish you the best in that regard. Yeah, and I'm uh, happy to get away from snow days. Mm, here yes, soon. indeed. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our very first podcast of 2017. Good stuff. We've been at it for... Two years now, if you really think about it, at least through two years. So from conception to now, yeah, you really Swim Bros are are doing well. I think I've, you know we what got, we got. What, what is this? This is episode episode fifteen. So we got fourteen in, and the back half of kind of 
2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so looks like looks like a good start already for 2017. Before we wrap up, any any resolutions out there? Maybe more Twitter polls? Is that your resolution? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe um, maybe do be a little bit more active on on the Twitter sphere for swim bros maybe get the get the word out a little bit better but uh definitely hoping to have some new year's resolutions from some listeners to spread the word mm, as well mm. so speaking of which listener of the week do we have one do you harmalee cousin oh our only commenter on the most recent poll which makes you a faster swimmer a full body suit or short fins which i thought was actually a great question thank you for me personally it was an easy answer i'm a kicker I'm a kick guy. It was short fins all the way. Body suits, believe it or not, actually made me slower. I never wore a body... Well, I can't say... I never wore a body suit professionally. I wore it one day in practice for an illegal suit day, and all I can remember is slapping that bad boy on and not being able to breathe for the next two <laughs> hours. So it was squeezing me in all the wrong places. Oh, yeah. And um, and uh, the other day, we saw a video from NC State. The guy goes a 43.9 from a push. And uh, doing backstroke with a full body suit on. And then the other day I do 100 kick, no arms, uh, with short fins and go 45. So I was hmm. just kind of thinking about that and want, wanted to see what the listeners thought. But uh love the interaction and activity from Harmony. Harmony, thank you for that. And we appreciate all the support you give to the show. You're the listener of the week. <laughs> all right. So that's going to wrap it up. All you guys heading back to school. All back to school. Back to school to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. I got my lunch packed up, my boots tied tight. I hope I don't get in a fight. Oh, back to school. Back to school. Enjoy it. You know, I hope they don't hit you with too much homework leading up to the to the big meets you have coming up for conference and state. We will be back next week, hopefully, with some more updates. Not a whole lot of news in the swimming community right now with everybody just kind of getting back to the grind, but uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe something crazy will, will happen and we'll have an emergency podcast. But. Yeah, and I uh, I just had a New Year's resolution. Oh, more consistency with our podcast. Yeah, you know, this started as a weekly podcast. We've, it, been, we've been sloppy, let's be honest. You know what? We will. Our I, schedules I, have been busy, but we just, overall, we've just been a little I, bit sloppy. I apologize to the listeners. We have been sloppy. I know how you get like them. You're scaring us. <laughs> it became a bi-weekly podcast and then really like a, a monthly. monthly and then kind don't of even just a sporadic, a sporadic podcast. So we'll we'll try to be a little better bit about that. You and, as listeners deserve better and, and, and we'll give you that for 2017. Yeah, and you guys did win the Listener of the Year Award for 2016. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we did. We voted. They informed us. Yeah. Uh, Swim Bros Podcast Listeners 2016 Listener of the Year Award. So... Congratulations to all of you. Keep it up in 2017. We love it. And we will be back shortly. As always, R.I.P. Narambe. Jellyfish, jellyfish, swimming in the sea. Jellyfish, jellyfish, swimming in the sea. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Why won't you come and play nice with me? I could take you to the bar. I could take you to a party. Take you to the bar. I could take you to a party. Take you.